Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey! Yeah, yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Reads it off the far wall, intercepts a pass. Brings it up shorthanded. Sunquist to Barbashev, they score! Shorthanded goal! Second one of the season for Barbashev! You win the game, lose the game, I don't think it's, it's going to change what, you know, he's not going to make a knee-jerk decision based off of 60 minutes of hockey. So, um, you know, Billy knows what he wants to do, and he's, he's smart, and he wants to, you know, he wants to make our team the best it can be for now and, and for later, but we certainly uh, believe in here that this group is, uh, is capable of being where we need to be at the end of the year. Set it across, Parisi intercepts to Spurgeon at center. Fiala back to Spurgeon, just onside at the line. Spurgeon plays to the corner where Parisi's on the forecheck. Parisi out front, he scores! It might be that time that ordinarily you're saying, hey, it's time for Purple Daily, it's time for my dose of Vikings talk. Well, apologies to Matthew Collar and company, but for one day we are going to uh, preempt Purple Daily because it is the National Hockey League trade deadline day. The deadline just passed two minutes ago. It's Judd's Hockey Show, which you can ordinarily hear, of course, podcastable. But today we're going to take it for two hours on the air. It's Zolgad. It's my buddy Declan Goff. And uh, Jonathan Harrison is producing for us. And all right, Declan, you are right now on Twitter. You're on every, I'm sure, social media platform available. The news that came out when we were doing Ventline was the Islanders and Wild were talking about a Zach Parisi trade. Do we have any more on that trade going down? We have something from Arthur Staple. This is the local writer for the New York Islanders. This tweet just came across 40 seconds ago. He covers the Islanders for the Athletic. He says the Islanders say Lamarillo is on a conference call in 15 minutes. That means there's no Parisi deal. That's all that tweet says. Really? Okay. Um, This could be uncomfortable. It very much could be. And I think we need to let listeners know, too, that just because the deadline is a hard at 2 o'clock does not mean trades cannot still trickle in here in the next 15, 20 minutes. Correct. But according to Arthur Staple, he said that means there's no Parise deal, and that's all that tweet says. I don't know if that means it's not happening right this second, but something to watch. Now, so basically this comes back to, to the fact, and Michael Russo had a pretty good play-by-play of this in The Athletic this morning when the news broke that there was at least talks going on. Uh, between the sides about a deal where Zach had agreed to waive his no-move clause, which is complete. That contract, 13 years, $98 million, signed by Parisi on July 4th, 2012, had a complete no-move clause, which means he can't be traded unless he okays a deal. And that those deals can be okay to certain teams' decks. And it's was reported or sounded like Zach had definitely... Bill Guerin had gone to Zach and said, I've got the opportunity to trade you here. And Zach probably said, where? And he said, the Islanders. And Zach said, okay, go ahead and try. And so, according to Michael's story in The Athletic, these talks had been going on between the Islanders and Wild for quite some time, probably dating back to when Paul Fenton was still the Wild GM. Keep in mind, the one-year wonder at GM for the Wild was fired in late July, and Billy Guerin took the job in August. And so these trade talks had been ongoing for quite some time. The Islanders have proven, and they made the trade for um, Pajot today with the Senators and then signed him to a long-term contract, that they definitely need bottom six help. And Zach Parisi helps you there. 
Uh, but what got conv- convoluted about this, of course, is the pre-season salary cap hits. I'm sure who pays how much of what, what comes back to the wild. And so let me say this. It's going to be very interesting at in the home locker room at the X tomorrow night if we all walk in post-game or after the uh, morning skate before the Wild plays host to the Columbus Blue Jackets and Zach Preezy's sitting at that stall saying, Hey, boys, what's up? Hi, everybody. I'm still here. <laughs> so th- this, could, this could be, and Zach's a professional. It won't be a problem. But it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really awkward. And, you know, just judging by everyone quote tweeting that tweet that I just read out uh, about a deal possibly not now going through now that Lula Morell is about to do a conference call, um, heartbroken wild fans. Now it's going to be weird. I mean, it's it's awkward. It's like you said, you were going to break up with your ex and then she's still there. You know, like it, this is going to be this is going to be super weird if if it, this deal indeed is going to fall through. And it was look, it it was really complicated to begin with. Right. I mean, yes. the, the salary was going to be tough. Andrew Ladd is essentially not, had been playing all year. He was most likely going to be a buyout candidate, and I'm I'm guessing the hurdle mm-hmm. was that you had to get something else in return. You couldn't just swap Parisi for for Ladd. Mm-hmm. I mean, even with my crazy hockey trades that I put out last Friday, I don't know if anyone saw those. Uh, it was only the most read story on Score North's history, uh, but. There's no way it would just be those two players. They, Minnesota would want something back. So if that was the camel that broke the straws back, then that's what's going to be that prevented. That's what's prevented this deal from going through. Yep. But it's something to monitor here as we uh, hang out with you for the next hour. Exactly right. And if it didn't go through, there always is the chance that Zach could in turn be traded this summer. You know this, Bill Guerin. I'll give him credit for this. And as of right now, unless something is broken in the last couple of uh, minutes here, Declan. I don't think we have any wild trades today yet. Uh, None. And there have been, if I'm not mistaken, we are approaching or have surpassed maybe 20 trades on the day. It's been absolutely crazy. But Bill Guerin clearly went to veterans with no-move clauses and said, let me try to move you. He went to Miko Koivu, 15 years here, who, by the way, you know, I get him wanting to stay, but if you're Koivu, because... Bill Guerin had to know when it came to Miko, he wasn't going to get much back and just accept that. Like, sure. Zach's a little dicey right now. I'm not expecting the world back. I would not be expecting that you get a big return for Zach Preezy. But Koivu, the return, I would think, would be like, what, a fourth-round pick, a third-round pick? And said, do you want to win? I can send you somewhere where you at least potentially have the chance to win. And Koivu said no. He clearly went to Zach with an orchestrated trade with the Islanders, which I appreciate. And Zach said yes, and now it might not have gotten done, but at least they tried there. If Eric Stahl is not moved, I'm surprised there. But Bill Guerin is making making it abundantly clear that no matter what he tells us about trying to make a run in 2020, and we saw it again last night, when you play a class team like the Blues, you just don't match up. You're just not that good, and that's fine. But he is trying his best to leave his impression or make his impression and restructure this roster that he has no interest in it being the same old, same old, the same veterans. You know, oh, we love you. Stick around. This is definitely a GM who, starting with the Zucker trade, which I think was two weeks ago today now, has said, if at some point in time, I'm going to leave my implant on this roster. And good for him to have the goal to make those changes. I mean, Fenton, Fenton went at it in a different way, obviously. But I think at the end of the day, Fenton recognized that this team wasn't going to work. The dynamic and, and the culture of this team was not a playoff team and not one that was worth keeping around. Now, did he make some irrational trades and, and even pulled the trigger on some other ones? Yeah, he he almost did. He almost got some bad trades back. But he ha- he knew that this was not going to work, and Garen recognizes that. He got a haul for Jason Zucker, which basically set the whole market uh, for this trade deadline. Yep. There's been, what, 20 trades today. And for Brodeen and Dumba, obviously... Those were the two that I think we all thought one of them would probably be moved this afternoon. It doesn't sound like neither of them are going to be moved, and Garen wanted a certain return for him. He was not looking just to dump them off to dump them off. I don't think Brodine or Dumba are necessarily, A, a problem in that room, and, and they're very marketable assets. So now if, if they're indeed not going anywhere, you're probably looking at the draft the next time some significant overhaul of this roster can take place. Um, and of note, Bill Guerin will address the media at 245 from the Wild offices. We'll see if we can stream that. Okay. Um, but it's definitely something to watch here. And if this deal fell through, I, I just got to imagine it's going to be insanely awkward. So there's three guys that I would have liked to see them trade. Because Dumba and Brodeen, 
I'm fine with staying. Now, eventually, if you can get a haul for them, do it. I'm going to be disappointed, and I don't blame Bill Guerin if Parisi's not moved, because that's a perfect guy to move. If Eric Stahl is still here, I completely don't get it. How could I understand that Eric Stahl can block a trade to 10 teams, but you're not telling me there's an 11th team there? I mean, look at how convoluted the standings are right now and how clustered. There's a lot of teams that are thinking we're still a playoff team. I believe that the Wild, although they won't say this, I believe that Bill Guerin and his guys are smart enough to be like, we're not really a playoff team. So how could you not find a team that would take Stahl and make him a bottom six guy to where I think he could be good? Yes. I think the problem that you saw, and you've seen it for several weeks now and last night again, because he he was a minus three, Eric Stahl's being asked to do something he can no longer physically do. And I got a tweet saying, well, if you're saying that he's so uh, cooked and tapped out, why would a team take him? Because I think if, if you put him on a third or fourth line at center, yeah, on a good team where he can play limited minutes in the right role, He's still good. Of course. The third guy I wanted traded, and I think you might be a little bit um, more against this than me, but the Galchenyuk contract to me, take a draft pick for him. And I think somebody would have taken him. I, I would not sign him back. It sounds like there's baggage there. The Zucker trade I absolutely love. And part of what I love is you took Galchenyuk back to me to try to flip him as quickly as possible. He scored the tying goal last uh, week in Vancouver. He scored a very nice goal in the shootout to win that game. He played a couple of good games. So the three guys that I really wanted moved and the two that I would have taken very small returns for just to move them were Stahl, Galchenyuk. The Parisi one I get is a little more difficult. I, I'm not, it's not that I'm opposed to trading Galchenyuk. I think... If you could have gotten a second-round pick, I'm listening. I'm definitely listening. And, and the Wild don't have a third-round pick in this year's draft, I believe. They have two first, one from Pittsburgh. They have their own second. They do not, they do not have a third-round pick for this coming year's draft. Obviously, the two first-round picks make that nice. With Stahl, I think if you can get back, I wanted a player. You know, that's what I, I wanted a player back for Eric Stahl. Um, a, not your top prospect. He's not worth giving up a top prospect for like Zucker was in Pittsburgh. Correct. But I wanted someone with a high ceiling who's maybe buried uh, in, in a top nine role that's essentially a step away from contributing. And the Wild need more 22, 23 year olds that are going to be able to build off of. And you do that by trading your veterans. You, you don't want to be in the market right now like Trocek going to, uh, I believe, Carolina. He's a 27-year-old center. Yeah, he's two goals, uh, two years removed from an 80-point campaign. But do you want to keep going down the road of obtaining 28-year-olds? No. I, I don't want any... I want to take a, a flyer on the wall of the Kevin Fialas, the Jordan Greenways, the, jo- the Ryan Donatos. I'd want to see if these guys can play. Now, my guy Jerry May, he was the exception to the rule because he's the most prolific AHL scorer that this world's ever seen. And he might be playing <laughs> top-line minutes tomorrow. But in terms of actually trading someone to get something, that's what you have to do. You have to trade your veteran players to get young, controllable, player, uh, controllable players so that you can control them for cheap, and then you can see what they, you have in them. Absolutely, yeah. And that's what I wanted to see from Stahl. Elchenyak, I, I'm still on board if, if, he's going to be, if his value is sinking. I still think he'll sign a prove-it deal or an extremely friendly I don't deal. Want him back. Kind of like what Stahl did when he signed here the first time. I don't want him back. I, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't I think mind it. I, think I don't hate it. I think there's too much there. I wouldn't want him back. I would have traded him. The stall thing, and just to be clear for people who have not heard uh, Judd's Hockey Podcast a ton, going back, and I agreed with you at one point, Eric Stahl got off to a terrible start. Um, you said, and then he got hot, and you said that you wanted to make a trade for a, young, a good young player back for him. And for a few months there or so, I agreed completely. But the guy that we've seen now, and it's part, and it's largely the Wilds' fault. They have what I would say, a uh, playing time wise, abused him. He's yeah. being asked to do something he can't do now. Right. So now I'm to the point when I watch him of saying, I would just take a draft pick because if I'm a contender, I'm not going to give you much. But I do see what his potential value would be, third or fourth line. Yeah. And so I was with you completely. Until they wouldn't stop playing. And last night again. You know, last night, let's be clear here. The Blues are a thousand percent. That's the the, blueprint, baby. The better team. Exactly right. I have no idea how that team played so poorly for Mike Yo. And I know that they've made moves since then. And Bennington, who was not there with Yo, has no pulse. He's unbelievable. He is fantastic. His heart never, ever accelerates. But all of that being said, 
I don't care who you're playing. If you're a Wild fan last night watching that game, you have 75% of your centers who I think might be better off playing in a Sunday night beer league at Braemar. Stalls to the point you're asking way too much. Now, if you said, Eric, you can play third or fourth line for us, then it's fine. But Eric Stahl, minus three last night, looks absolutely tuckered. They just keep playing him like, oh, he'll be fine. No, he won't be fine. Second guy, Eric Sinek. I'm okay there. Yep, I think he's there. a second or third line center, but he's fine. I like what he brings. We're good there. But now we get to the third guy, Miko Koivu, who should have accepted a trade, didn't, but again, it's over. He is. He's the definition of cooked. He's just cooked. And then Victor Rask. So I, I would, Declan, and listeners, I would present to you that 75% of the human beings that you put at center last night for the Wild, you can't roll with them come opening night 2020-21. Yeah, and the problem is, though, Judd, is this free agent cor- uh, crap that's coming in this summer, it's, it's limited. I, Ryan Newton Hopkins is a man I've had a man crush on next to Jerry Mayhew for my entire existence of life, but he's going to get eight to nine million dollars probably on the open market and might be inclined to stay in Edmonton on a team friendly deal because why wouldn't it at this point stay in Edmonton if they're going to make a run? Um, but you you have to make trades to get better down the middle. And if Kaprizov is coming over here, like right now, Judd, honest to God, who is going to pass him the puck on opening night next season? Uh, is it going to be Eck? No. And it no, can't no, be. he's not a top line. Make, make no mistake, I like him. Yeah, and I think he's sure. a good defensive. I think he is an updated 2.0 Miko. Yeah, but he not your first line center. And also this from Michael Russo uh, addressing Bill Guerin's presser at 2:45. It would it would also make it to appear the Prezi trade didn't go down. Into into addition to Prezi waving the no move, as him and Elliot Freeman reported, Andrew Lod, Lod waved his no move. So Lod. it appears. The complicated deal has broke down late. Mm. It sounds like the Zach Parise deal to the New York Islanders has been kiboshed. Your thoughts, 651-646-8255, 651-646-8255. Your disappointment on the Parise deal not going down. Your disappointment so far in the fact that we are on now 16 minutes past the deadline. And to Declan's point, these trades go into a queue. So, you know, Stahl could have been traded for a third-round pick, and we're going to find out at 245. Uh, but that being said, right now, there's no indication that the Wild has made a trade today. Your thoughts there, 651-646-8255 as well. Uh, because this has been a very interesting day. We have, um, I think, around 20 trades made. I'm going to try something here for a trade sounder. And I'll, I'm, I'm going to start this, Jonathan, and then stop it because it's too long. But let's go with this as a trade sounder. Okay, that's the trade sounder, because Pierre Lebrun, uh, TSN, reporting that Carolina has acquired former goal for Brady Shade, the the defenseman, from the Rangers for a first-round pick. Now, that's interesting, because I think we can probably deduct Declan Goff almost assuredly that the Dumbo-Brodeen conversations trace to where? Carolina, for sure, right? So, and, And I will say this. I'm curious what they were willing to offer for either Dumba or Brodeen, because a first-round pick is is nice, and we've talked about this before. Carolina had two or three first-round picks. They had two. Okay, yep. all right. Brady Shea is a very nice player. So that trade's intriguing, but that would lead one to believe that the uh, that the Wild in their conversations about trading, not both, but either Brodeen or Dumba, uh, probably were after a first-round pick, and I would say quite a bit more, or at least more. Yeah, you needed, I mean, if they were giving up Brodine or Dumba, and we, we talked to some people, I talked to some people about this. That yeah, you did. You needed, they needed, they needed a player back. They needed a center back in return for sure. So the fact that if they weren't able to get that, then I can completely understand why the Minnesota Wild would be reluctant to give up one of those two. I think Dumba, even though he's having a down season, is clearly still an insanely marketable asset that teams want. Right shot, Offensive-driven defensemen are hard to find. Now, with Jonas Brodin, I think there's a misconception that because he's not a flashy player, you couldn't get the same return back. And I don't think that's true. I think that they both were going to bring you back the level of a top-six center. That's what it was going to be. And if Brodin or Dumbo weren't able to get that in return, then the Wild did the right thing, not taking a chance on it. Um, you know, I threw out Adam Gaudet as someone in Vancouver. The Canucks need defense. You know, he's a 23-year-old center playing on the third line. 
Um, Strom, too, in Chicago, I thought that maybe he could be someone that could be brought here because they're in salary cap hell and trying to figure out what they're doing. I, a player-for-player player trade for both those two guys was going to be very difficult to pull off because I know the market for, for trades right now was, was so insane to be a seller. But maybe Bill Garrett probably did the right thing, and maybe he'll wait now to the draft day to, to move one of these guys. Uh, by the way, we've got another late trade coming in. Okay. You really can't beat Brass Bonanza, can you? Oh, you can, man. What do you got? For you youngsters, that was the Hartford Whalers goal song. The Chicago Blackhawks have punted. Oh, they did. They have punted. Okay. They, they have traded a guy who was having an outstanding year for them, goaltender Robin Leonard. So not Corey Crawford, who had a no. I think Corey Crawford had a no move. Robin Leonard to the Vegas Golden Knights for TBD. So player to be named, compensation coming. So the Golden Knights who had um, P.K. Subban's brother. Uh, Marcus. Uh, in goal. Marcus Subban, I believe. Malcolm, I believe. Malcolm. Uh, he was in goal last night for their overtime when he gave up a couple late goals to the Ducks, and the uh, Golden Knights came back and won in OT. And, of course, they have uh, Mark andre Fleury as their starting goaltender, have added Robin Leonard from the Chicago Blackhawks, a clear indication that the Blackhawks have taken, and I believe Chicago right now is three points behind the Wild in the playoff race. And both teams, of course, are out of a playoff spot. The Wild right now, by the way. Five points behind the eighth and final playoff spot in the Western Conference. The Chicago Blackhawks, though, have um, officially bailed. Yeah, and I was very intrigued where they were going to go because, one, the other knocking on the door of the playoff spot. They had major question marks long-term in net. Both Leonard and Crawford have been fine this year. They, they've been good, but which one were they going to lock up long-term? Because you're probably going to be able to keep one of them. And then they have some big-time RFAs that they had to make decisions on, and you're locked into Kane and Taves and Keith that they're actually in an extremely similar position salary cap-wise as the Minnesota Wild. They really are. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have some big-time RFAs that they need to figure out how they're going to re-sign. Because I think Chicago, a lot like Minnesota, they're closer to turning this thing around than a typical rebuild would take. I was telling you on Ventline that, look, Detroit and New Jersey, all indications are those teams are going to be bad for the foreseeable future. If Kaprizov comes over here and he's a stud, and if the Wild are able to find a legitimate top-six center, and then you have to find your goaltender. And I, look, I say that out loud, and that sounds like a tall task to do in five years. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a, very much achievable in the next two to three years because that's what Kaprizov can bring you. A dynamic player changes the entire game and your outlook on a franchise. And if Kaprizov's legit, that's going to accelerate that process. So I think both these teams are, are in interesting positions. I'm a little surprised you go, Leonard goes to Las Vegas. Flurry's been fine this year from all I, I've known. And now they have probably the best goaltending tandem in the postseason. I imagine but that's still Flurry's net, but it's going to be back and forth if they lose a playoff game. And that division, Pacific, is absolutely crazy. The conference is nuts, too, playoff-wise, for the good teams. For the good teams. Right. I, 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 ca- I just caution people, because I know when the Wild goes to Vancouver and Edmonton and wins, there are some, not many by this point, who think, oh, man, may- maybe they're upticking. Maybe- no, they're not. Hmm. So for the teams like the Vancouver's, and the um, Golden Knights and those clubs, there's a legitimate chance here. I love what Chicago did, though, here. This was good. I absolutely love it. a rental. This is exactly. And get out. I mean, just make it very clear. And I think Bill Guerin's trying or tried, which is why I'm sort of surprised Stalls here as we talk about this at 223. Um, but get out. Just get out. Make no mistake. And when you look, you could tell us that you're, not try- that you're trying to make the playoffs. But when you fire Boudreaux and hire... Uh, Dean Everson, who, again, I'm going to play this as you did uh, during uh, Score North Live from last night. You know, you lose 4-1 to one to St. Louis, right? It's just clear you are outclassed. It's also clear your last two home games, you got shut out by San Jose, which is not a good team. No, they're bad. And then I know you got, I know you put some shots on Bennington last night, but there was never a second in that game where I thought, well, it's going to win this game, right? This is what uh, interim head coach Dean Everson had to say about his team's performance last night. And for those of you who heard Boudreaux's press conferences, sort of run this through the Boudreaux filter and understand how far away this is from reality. I don't want to sound like the ultimate optimist, but we played pretty good. Uh, that's an extremely good hockey club, obviously. And their goaltender was, uh, was on. He's been on for a long time, obviously, but uh, 
but no, I mean we we had opportunities, we had looks, we had chances. We uh, we we thought our our game was good, but uh, you know, end of the day, we didn't get the job done. I mean, come on, Dean. Come on, man. Come on. That's two press conferences after two home games, and you're telling me that you seriously thought that? Oh, a late breaking trade as well. Now. All right. What do you got? The Vancouver Canucks have got more goaltending help. Um, Louis Domingue has been acquired from the Devils for, again, TBD. And before we, we go to break, Carolina actually made two late moves for a defenseman. We told you about the Brady Shea from the Rangers for a first-round pick trade that Carolina just made. Uh, before that trade, they uh, acquired defenseman Sammy Vatanen for a forward, and I would just butcher his name, <laughs> uh, Yanni, I believe, Kokanen, and a second-round pick. Okay. So if there were talks about Dumba or Brodeen, my guess is Garen said, oh, yeah, they're available for the world. Right. So what we know now is Zach Parisi, there were serious trade talks. He waived his no-move clause with the Islanders. It fell through. As of right now, and Bill Guerin, as Declan said before, going to address the media at approximately 2.45 this afternoon. As of right now, there have been about 20 or 20-plus trades in the National Hockey League today. None involve the Wild. Your thoughts, 651-646-8255, 651-646-8255. It's an impromptu trade deadline day, Judd's Hockey Show with Judd and Declan. Jonathan here with the Score North download. Yes, we'll get you back to Judd's Hockey Show in just one moment. But first, you can listen and win with the free Score North mobile app. This month, one lucky winner will win a $200 gift card to Amazon.com just for having and using the app. Register your app, listen to your favorite Score North content, and you could be a winner. We are doing Judd's Hockey Show, an impromptu version of it here at 2 o'clock because there was the possibility that Zach Parise might be traded. But now, according to Arthur Staple... Isles, the Islanders say Lou Lamarillo, their GM, will be on a conference call in 15 minutes. That means there's no Zach Prezi deal. We will keep you updated on all the fallout from that. And with that deal not going through, we will carry an hour of Purple Daily here at 3 p.m. before we get to Mackie and Judd with Rami at 4 p.m. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Judd's Hockey Show. Thank you, Jonathan Harrison. 651-646-8255 if you'd like to join the conversation. Declan, you just saw official confirmation? Yeah, SiriusXM reporting that the trade did not fall through. Um, or did or, fall through. The trade did fall through, uh, so no deal. Also, Arthur Staple, who Jonathan just read in that download, he followed up. Uh, on that conference call, and this is an Islanders note, but it's still kind of irrelevant. Uh, Bellows sent down Koivula down back uh, down and back up. He was the one I wanted Eric Stahl for in the player for player controversial trade that I read. I uh, wrote, yep. and then Andrew Lod recalled for the rest of the season. So Lod was in the AHL with the New York Islanders. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's been, so he's now been recalled for the rest of the year. Clearly, I, I think yeah, the Wild wanted something else back. I mean, like we said, there's no way in hell they're just going to do a hockey player for player well, Parise for Lodge straight up, right? Well, and and that gets to what we brought up on Ventline today that I found to be very interesting, and I think might have been the main sticking point in the uh, in the potential deal that would have sent Zach Parise. Which, is, if you're just joining us, he did waive his no move clause. The Islanders and Wild were having serious conversations, and the deal uh, fell through obviously before the 2 p.m. National Hockey League trade deadline. What made this, I think, probably a little more sticky, total guess on, on my part, mm-hmm. is this morning. So the Islanders were, are starved. Their top six are really good. They're starved for bottom six forwards who are who can score. They needed more offense. I think their top six had sort of gone on a dry spell, and they had no one else to pick them up. So this morning, the the, um, the Islanders made a very astute trade and got. Uh, Jean-Gabriel Paget, who's been having a great year for the Senators. Now, it's seen as sort of a fluke. I don't think he is seen as a long-term superstar, but he's having a really good year. And if I'm not mistaken, he's a center. And so the Senators, who are in basically complete rebuild, which they should be, traded him to the Islanders this morning for a 2020 conditional first-round pick, which is the exact same parameters that the Zucker Penguins trade has, which is if the Islanders miss the playoffs, it's lottery protected. They're not going to miss the playoffs. They are uh, in the Metropolitan Division right now. They're one point behind Philadelphia for third place. They're a really good team. Now, they've struggled at times. The Islanders have, but they're a good team. So a 2020 conditional first-round pick, Dex, a 2020 second-round pick, and a 2022, so 2022 conditional third-round pick, which the Senators will get if the Islanders win the Stanley Cup this season. 
All that being said, when you trade your first round pick for 2020 and your second round pick for 2020, my question came back to, okay, what's Garen going to get back? Because it doesn't... I'll start the conversation by saying the more I thought about it, the Prezi, what you get back for Zach didn't have to be a ton. It wasn't mm-hmm. like you're gonna can't believe I got this player and then I got four draft. It's not gonna be that that way. But Zach Prezi in sixty games this year, I believe, leads the wild with twenty one goals. So he's had a productive year. So back to your point, you're not going to give him away. And if you're the wild and you're building, you clearly either want probably prospects or more likely draft picks, especially for a franchise like the Wild, which has been starved for draft picks thanks to Chuck Fletcher's going for trades for a long time. So I, I my guess is that as in-depth as the Prezi talks with the Islanders might have gone at different times, that when the Pajot trade, the trigger was pulled on that, and the Islanders traded away two very high and valuable 2020 uh, draft picks, that gummed up the works for Billy Guerin, who probably said, Okay, that's fantastic. What do I get back? Mm-hmm. And my and, guess is the Islanders might have said a twenty twenty like fourth or third, and that's where you probably run into problems. Total guess. Totally. And I would still think that they weren't going to get a first round pick. I don't. I just don't think that was going to be the case. And you're probably now looking at one of their prospects. And when I was doing the research for that for that article I wrote over the weekend, the Islanders, I believe they were like twenty sixth in Corey Pronman's athletic prospect rankings that he he redid this in January. So they weren't deep on prospects. Now, the Islanders, though, are a team that clearly is ready to make a run in a very crowded Eastern Conference, mind you, too. But they need just a couple more pieces here, right? They need maybe an Eric Stahl. A Zach Parisi playing in a potentially bottom, bottom six role for them changes the complete outlook on how I view the Islanders. And if you weren't able to get that back, then I understand the ramifications and the salary cap... Uh, issues that went along with both those guys. I mean, it sounded like if they were going to get Andrew Ladd, it, a buyout was basically inevitable. Mm-hmm. So kind of like an NBA trade, right? I mean, you, you, they're, they're just going to buy it's him out. A little bit, yeah. That's a little bit. But Ladd, I believe, was under contract for the next two two seasons okay. at five and a half million dollars. Gotcha. So that would have been, I mean, a, a steep a steep buyout. And the Wild are notorious for the last 12 years of having someone on their buyout books. Well, and they're about to have, I believe, Victor Rask, right? Right. And Rask is probably the next candidate to do that. Um, for I mean, Tyler Ennis right now is on a buyout, and he was on the move today, I believe, for a fifth-round pick um, uh, on the move as well. They have, they've Oilers had, got him. They've had Vanek. They've had Mark Parrish. They've had plenty of guys taking up buyout money forever. And you probably don't want to get in the habit of paying someone not to play for you. And that's that's what that's what happened with Ladd, I'm guessing. They wanted something else back. They weren't willing to budge. And, you know, I've also heard Lamarillo has a has a history of nixing trades once they're reported. Lou Lamarillo is unbelievably secretive as well. So I'd like to also hear if if he were ironically enough, go on the record and say if that was the case, I'm curious about that too. That guy is old school man. <laughs> Louis Lamarillo, who by the way drafted Parisi in two thousand three. Uh, in the first round for the Devils, and I think he was with the Devils for something like 28 years before he took the job in Toronto. The, the Well, he actually became president of the Devils, got bumped upstairs, said, see, I went to Toronto, and then Toronto uh, bumped him out for Kyle Dubas a couple y- years ago, and sure enough, he said, that's fine, I'm not going to retire, I'll go uh, run the I- Islanders, and he's done a great job there. But it would not surprise me one bit if he got ticked off that that got out. I believe he and Parisi remain pretty tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this just sets up, this now sets up the very interesting scenario. Because you know what, Declan? I'm going to give Paul Fenton credit for something. Oh, wow. Here we go. I'm going to get, well, you, you know, in retrospect, he deserves more credit than You're we right. gave him. He he lacked all people skills. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's a great guy, but who cares? He did some good things. You know what he did? Credit to him. Didn't always do it right, but the Fiala trades. Fantastic. And don't, please stop. Please stop with, A with plus. the Granlin thing. A plus trade. But you know what he did, Dex? He moved Coyle, Nino, no, I get that's a bad trade, and Granlund out of here. And Garen sort of come along with the broom, and he swept Zucker out too in a trade I love. But also, to his credit, at least when it comes to Koivu and Parisi, and Suter, by the way, I think is going nowhere. I don't, I think he would ix, say Ixnay to a trade. Um, Billy Garen's done a good job now of trying to take that same broom, and it's harder to that veteran core. Like the the turnover here is going to be ultimately very finalized. And what's so funny is Garen actually, like you said, he had the gall to, to do it, to go forward with it. 
I told you in the first segment that Fenton at least could recognize that this core was not going to get it done and that changes needed to be made. Yep. Now, like we said, we can debate all day long. Did he make the right trades? I think the Granlin trade's a win. I think the Donato trade's fine. I'm not going to say it's it's a home run like the Fiala trade. And the Niederreiter trade, yeah, is, is a bad trade. That's a that's a horrible, horrible trade. No, it's just a bad trade. And, and that's okay. It is worth noting that Niederreiter is not doing so hot in Carolina. None of those guys is really all that good. But the thing was, in this Parise-Suter era, was, all right, Parise and Suter are your, your gems, right? You're, we're going to build up from them, and then we're going to go on a Stanley Cup run. You won a couple first-round series. You took a Chicago Blackhawks team to six games. And in that series, you saw multiple young players take steps forward and have big-time moments. The Grandland falling Bobby Orr-style goal, right? The Niederreiter Game 7 winner on a great pass by Danny Heatley, mind you. Every, Eric Halla had a really good series that year. All these young guys gave you this glimpse of, oh, here we go. We know what Zach and Ryan can do. We need this supplemental talent to take a next step. And to borrow a phrase that's played on here all the time from our guy Dave, they plateaued. Those young players plateaued in that series, and they never took the next significant step forward. Even when Boudreaux got here in his first year, mm-hmm. and he moves Granlin out from center to wing, and Granlin all of a sudden bursts out in the scene and goes, oh my goodness, this is the Granlin we've been waiting to see. Well, Coyle, a little stagnant. Niederreiter, up and down. Jason Zucker, uh, probably the best of that, of that core of players, just got you back a first-round pick and a top defensive prospect. So none of those guys were able to take the next steps here in Minnesota to make them not just a fun playoff team, but a Western Conference threat. They never were able to do that. So Fenton and now Guerin did the right thing of trying to trim this fat, and there's still plenty amount of work to do for Guerin, but credit them for recognizing that instead of just staying in the course of mediocrity, which is the worst place you want to be in the NHL or NBA. 651-646-8255. It's an impromptu edition on trade deadline day. Um of Judd's Hockey Show, 651-646-8255. The, the big news today, if you're a Wild fan, is that uh, Zach Parise to the Islanders trade, which looked like it was close this morning, fell apart at some point in time. Zach Parise is still on the team. This was a gentleman who was worked up on Ventline, and he's calling back now, and I'm guessing he's still oh, worked gosh. up. Liam, the floor is oh. yours. What's up? Hello. Oh, oh, just when you thought you were rid of me, Declan. You moved halfway across the country for a reason, I thought. I know, and you still can't get rid of me. I Listen, I believe I said earlier this morning when I called in oh, that one or two things was going to happen. The first thing I said was that the Wild aren't going to make any moves. And the second thing I said is that the Zach Breezy may have played his last game in a sweater. Now, whether or not Declan said that before me and past, I'm not going to get into semantics here. But what I like is that Garen didn't force a move. And now, yes, I do believe that we look back at Paul Fenton and think maybe more negatively on him than, than was probably just due. He, his issues are more internal than they were from a hockey standpoint. But the difference was is that Garen didn't make a move just to make a move. It's pretty clear after Carolina's past two deals with, for uh, Sammy Vatten and Brady Shea that they wanted defense, and we were surplus at that position. And it looks like they were willing to pay a pretty good price for that defense but it, it wasn't to what we were asking for, obviously, and we didn't make the move. And the fact that Zach Parise isn't gone today, it's fine. It's not like that move moves the needle for the franchise one way or another today. I'm totally okay with Zach Parise playing another 20 games in the sweater because now you have the whole offseason to deal with them. When you're on a time crunch like this and you're trying to do cap gymnastics and things like that, sometimes it just doesn't work out, but it's okay because I do think that Garen has a vision for this team, and he's not going to be swayed or pressured by a deadline or another guy's deal. It's fine. I'm all right with it. I, I am interested to see what happens now moving forward, because it's obvious that Mayhew is going to get some top six minutes, which he probably deserves. I do think there's a reason why there a 26-year-old forward is in the AHL for as long as he is without getting top-line minutes. There's obviously glaring weaknesses that he has, that other teams haven't pounced on. I mean, the guy didn't earn an NHL contract until last season. He was yep. playing on a minor league contract. There's reasons for that. Now, you find out what Mayhew's got. You know Koivu's contract is coming off the books, and you can revisit a Parisi trade in the offseason. But the fact is they didn't do anything is okay. Thank I'm you, Liam. Saying. Thank you. I don't disagree with him one bit. And he said, look, there's a couple of guys, but I'm not... The guys that I would have traded today... 
I wouldn't have gotten a lot back for. So Liam's right. I mean, there, there's nothing. I'm not upset by the fact that they didn't make trades. The Parisi trade would have been nice to get him off the books because I don't think there's a guarantee that in, in four months you're going to, or five months, you're going to be able to trade him for sure, Declan. So that trade to me was attractive because it seemed like an opportunity for a team that was hungry for a really probably pretty good third line winger to pounce. Um, but the defenseman, no problem with. And the only the only guys, just to reiterate what I've said, the only guys that I would have traded today just for draft picks were guys like Galchenyuk and Stahl. So I in no way, shape, or form am looking at the lack of a blockbuster by the Wild or a significant trade and upset by it. Okay, so I, I agree that it doesn't hurt the Wild, but I do disagree with it does. If you were able to trade Parisi today, that does change the trajectory of where this team is heading. It 100% does. Yeah. It, 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 are you now? Are you accelerating this rebuild? How much now more additional cap space do you have to work with? What are the recapture but are penalties? You, but are you upset about this? I'm not. I'm, I'm not upset I'm about not, it. I like the opportunity. It's very. It seemed very attractive right. to me. But it, it definitely would have accelerated yeah. the process of getting the well, well better. And and I the one thing that I would not assume is that you can turn around this summer and trade him. Like I don't think that's how this one works. I think this was a window of, of opportunity, which could come along again, but I think assuming it's going to come along again is probably a mistake. We do have an update from uh, Lou Lamarillo. This is coming from The Athletic. He was quoted saying, that's something that's within our office. Lamarillo said Monday <laughs> about whether Ladd had waived his no trade and a deal was close. <laughs> he followed up by saying, any of those questions or anything to do that do with that has to do with people in individual situation. So he should run a football team. He he'd be, he was, the, he'd be a great football. Executive. I'm going to read between the lines there, and he got upset that that deal got leaked. That might be 100. percent That might be, and my and you know what? You might be right too, though. The Wild might have said, "Louis, you got to sweeten the pot." And Louis said, "You see what I just did with the Senators? Can't sweeten the pot too much." Exactly. My guess is the Wild wanted some type of draft compensation back that was within the first two rounds, and Lamorello said, "No, I just made the Pajot trade." And and Prize, I mean, he's been unhappy since last summer. Oh, he wants out, and clearly he does. And maybe you can trade him in the summer. It's just become very clear that, and this would hold true for Suter as well. With this much time left on contracts and all the moving parts of the cap and all those things, Declan, this isn't an easy trade. This is not just a, I'm going to pick up the phone and make the trade on July second deal, right? I think he would. I think Zach personally would love to get out, and I don't blame him one bit. But this is a murky type of, type of trade, and I think the fact that they got so close to the finish line today is too bad that they didn't make it. But it doesn't make me upset. It does. No, it doesn't make me upset. I just I want this process to get done even you quicker, know, right? I'll say this one: of the Fenton deals, the Niederreiter Rask trade was unbelievably stupid. Okay, like that's worth being upset about because I know Nino. We loved him. He had his shortcomings, and it's not like he's at a great 2019-2020. But Victor Rask can't skate. Yeah, he's awful. But, I mean, just comprehend that for a second, right. Jonathan. Victor Rask can't skate. He's a perfect... That would be like saying, and insert your own joke here, but that would be like saying Kirk Cousins can't throw the football. You know, he can throw the football. This man can't skate. Yeah. The Wild put out... I'm not joking with you guys. In what they asked people to do last night, they put out 75% of their centers probably belong more in the old Minnetonka Ice Arena playing for a keg of beer than they did at the X last night. We do have an update from Bill Guerin at that press conference on the Parise possible deal. He said, that's something we explored a bit. Not going to get into details. Zach is a big part of the Minnesota Wild. We're happy to have him. Hold on That's from second. your gentleman, uh, G- General Manager Bill Guerin. Are, are we on Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook right now? Yes, we are. Oh. Billy, I think you're doing a great job. But I like him. A friend, of, uh, friend of Judd's Hockey Show, too. He is a friend of Judd's Hockey Show. And I, I do like him, and I think he's doing the right thing. And I, I know they can't say much about this. But um, I'm sorry, what was the quote again? He, <laughs> this is pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I love, I do love good sports quotes. Something that we explored a bit. Not going to get into details. Zach is a big part of the Minnesota Wild, and we're happy to have him. That's from Bill Guerin at his press conference. And Zach Parise would desperately like to be traded. And uh, Guerin says that the, this potential Parise deal to the Islanders was like all deals in today's era, quote, complicated. Well, that's probably true. I buy, For sure, that's I buy accurate. That. And, and I do find it intriguing that it leaked out. And 
Maybe Lamarillo got ticked off. The last trade that we have that's come in, because this was after the uh, Louis Domingue goaltender going to the Canucks from the Devils trade, the last trade according to the TSN.ca trade tracker, or trade center trade tracker, which is the greatest thing of all time, <laughs> uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning acquired, I love, this is such a good hockey name, Barkley Goodrell, which is, sounds like it's straight out of slap shot. This is becoming quite the stir. Cause, For a first-round pick from San Jose. Because can I ask you something? Sure. Who the hell is Barkley Goodrow? Have you heard of him? Does he I've play heard, for the Gophers? I've heard the name. Does he? I'm not real he, familiar with his Minnesota work. Is he at Minnesota State Mankato? Who is this guy? I'm not very familiar with his work. I know the name, but clearly, oh. clearly the Tampa Bay Lightning put a premium on his services because he cost him a first-round pick that went to the Sharks. Right. So, oh, and we, we do have uh, the Robin Leonard trade that sends him to the Vegas Golden Knights. This is intriguing. According to the TSN trade tracker, it was a one-for-one. Malcolm Subban, who I told you started last night against the Ducks, allowed a couple late goals before the Golden Knights prevailed in uh, the Honda Center in overtime. Malcolm Subban, the goaltender, goes back to Chicago, and that looks to be it. That shocks me right? that you wouldn't get a draft pick back or something like that. Yeah, I don't understand that. I mean, Subban is just a backup goalie. Leonard's, a, I mean, he was the Jennings winner last year. This is a number one yeah. goaltender. And, and they would just show the graphic on, on the TV here, that on our TCL TVs and the TCL broadcast studios, that Leonard's been a better goalie than Fleury. And Fleury, look, he's been to a cup. He knows what, he knows what it takes to win. But right now, you have Vegas as two number one goaltenders that they're working with right now. Which is good for them. I'm still upset at them for firing their coach for essentially no good reason. Gallant. I'm still upset at that, and I kind of and they were my preseason pick to win the cup, and I'm and now I'm I'm conflicted. Do I want to be correct, which you know rarely happens, or do I want them to tank for their idiotic ways? And I'm so conflicted here. They're actually I I watched them last night. They've got I think they're playing their second game in two nights or third game in like four days. They they look tired, but they're pretty good. Yeah, they're I think still they're going to be. Team. I think they're in good shape. That's why I just I didn't think Gallant was an issue, and, and it's that was so, a weird it's, firing. It's very hockey, right? It's it's, well, it's so peak Boudreau, hockey, though. right? If you're outside this market, you would have no comprehension as to why a team on the precipice of a playoff spot that had gotten a point against a Rangers team, which by the way is pretty good, fired its head coach the next day. Exactly. If you're in Edmonton or something, you're like, why would you fire Boudreaux? And then and then when we seen the see the poor mighty Dean work behind the bench. It really becomes confusing. Okay, so let me ask you this, because you brought this up last week, and now he's had actually a string of nice games here. Are you still on board with scratching a Galchenyuk in the next few games? Um, I would rather just demote him and play him. Well, I shouldn't say that. I would demote him because I want Mayhew and those guys to play top six and Donato to play. I would never play Galchenyuk for the remainder of this season over Donato. And here's actually here's one that I would not be surprised actually does happen. Zuccarello. Zuccarello could be a healthy scratch here. I wouldn't be shocked. Is at this all. a Declan special? It is because a Declan I, special. I'd like to go back to when you wrote um an analytics driven scorenorth.com wild piece, which by the well. way was very good. Yeah, thank no, you. No, and it was well done. Yeah, Matthew Collar wrote half of it, yeah. Well, that's fine. I don't care who wrote half of it. It was informative. I enjoyed it. It was the type of coverage that I that I as an older guy say, hey, this is the new school stuff. And you wrote this whole thing about Zuccarello. And ever since then, he's disappeared. Yeah, he's been he a ghost. He is MIA. And can I give him a little bit, and I know he's a professional player, so he probably doesn't care what Judd thinks. Can I give him a little bit of professional advice? Sure. Yeah. Shoot the puck, dude. Yes. Like, I know you got the big stick. You got the long stick, and you're a little guy, and you can make really nice passes sometimes. And sometimes those passes are really, really smart. A lot of times, those passes are stupid. Shoot the puck. And you know what? Call up in our remaining time here, Dex. Sure. Please call up his contract, because here's the thing. The Koivu contract after this year is gone, right? He's not coming back. He better not come back. He better not even ask to come. I hope... That he said to Billy Guerin, 21 more games, and after that, or going into last night, 22, you know, I want to work for you guys, but I'll be wearing a suit and tie. I'm not going to be playing. Um, the Albatross contract, though, okay, Suter's not great, but you know what? Ryan's a fairly stable player still. Let's say, let's assume the Parisi waves his no move, and he's dealt in July, okay? Or at some point in time here. The Zuccarello contract 
and it's a Paul Fenton special. I know this goes back to criticizing Paul Fenton. It is off the charts bad. Yeah, it's not good. It's six million AAV, no <sighs> movement clauses for this season, the next two seasons. Oh. The final two years are a modified no movement clause. And you're gonna have to protect this guy from the expansion draft, which is the biggest case. And to prove the point of maybe this guy was playing well and then I cursed him. The day before I wrote that article in thirty two games, twenty two points, nine goals, thirteen assists. You thought he was picking up. He's he's playing well. He started to play pretty well. Since then, twenty five games, eleven points, minus three. And the shooting percentage, yeah, down significantly, which it was inevitable because he was converting goals at a 20% clip, which is just unsustainable unless your name's Alexander Ovechkin in this league. So, But this is the albatross. Uh, this is the bad one. This is essentially, um, who made this point the other day that, yeah, you're losing, you're, actually, it's Koivu. With Koivu leaving, oh, we got that money freed up. It goes right back to Zuccarello. I know. It's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, you get the yeah. $6 million free, but it's the same contract. Same situation. And he and he and he's nothing locked I can say in. To you. And yeah, and he's locked in, man. And nobody else, by the way. So five year deal, right? Yes, five year deal. Year one. Nobody else in the league, forget the no move clause, was offering more than four years. And who was the one? And it might have been that move. Might have been the last hockey decision that Craig Leopold got upset with. Because Fenton was fired. How could you not say no to it? Right, I know. I mean, if you yeah, if, as a player, as Zuccarello. No, no. Is if, as, if you're Craig Leopold, how do you not tell Paul? Paul, we're not doing that. I know enough about the sport. We're not doing another no move clause for three years of a five year. And you're exactly right. Seattle's coming in the league, and you got to protect this guy. Yeah. Uh, one last gearing quote here. I'm not disappointed, <sighs> not at all. I'm excited to see what this group can do now that the ball's in their stop. court, and stop. we'll see what they can do. Stop. Just stop. Your Minnesota Wild uh, back in action tomorrow. I'm playing brass bonanza. I can't take this. You tried. You say I tried to move it. All right, Jonathan, we done? All right, he's Declan. I'm Judd. That's the greatest song of all time, the Whalers' goal song, Brass Bonanza. It's been an impromptu uh, NHL trade deadline edition of Judd's Hockey Show. Uh, Purple Daily, an hour is up next before uh, Mackie and Judd with Rummy. Pass shoot score. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available right now over at scorenorth.com. Play 12, 18 hole rounds at 12 beautiful courses for just one low price of $75. That's a $435 value for just $75. Supply is limited, so visit scorenorth.com keyword deals to purchase and learn more. He knows you once ate an entire sheet cake. He knows your selfie life isn't your real life. He knows what goes down on the DMs. Shouldn't you know your dog better? Now you can learn his inner secrets with Embark, the highest rated dog DNA test. Unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for 2 Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. And right now, you can save when you shop your faves. Just buy six or more participating sale items and save 50 cents each with your card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.